This is a Stanley Cup or bust season for the Islanders. When is Semyon Varlamov going to be available? Them being the uh, well-schooled veterans that they are, I believe they laughed in my face. I know this is on your bucket list, but really, it doesn't have to be. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 113. I am your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday. Please go and find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. And also, please find my friend and co-host for episode 113, Colin Stevenson, at Colin S. Newsday. And today, Colin and I are going to do... Uh, team by team preview of the Metropolitan Division, all of the, uh, Islanders' opponents for the upcoming season with the season bearing down on us very closely. The Islanders open October 14th. That's next Thursday at Carolina as they open a 13 game road trip. And really that 13 game road trip over five weeks kind of breaks down into, it looks like three or four separate uh, mini trips, but, uh, it does start, uh, with six straight games. You go, uh, Carolina, Florida Panthers, Chicago, Columbus Blue Jackets, Arizona, and Vegas. So, uh, already a couple of, uh, Metropolitan Division opponents in there. And Colin, how are you doing? How is your preseason going? Uh, you know, I, I'm doing well. Uh, it's, it's been actually a quite a, Quiet preseason for the Rangers. Um, although, as we record this on Thursday morning, um, uh, coming off a Wednesday night's game, the Rangers played uh, against the Devils. They played their their full lineup just about, uh, and they suffered uh, what looks to be a, a pretty serious injury to uh, to Ryan Reeves, one of their new forwards. We'll talk about that later. But but other than that, everything uh, everything's going well at home. Everything's uh, going relatively well with the Rangers. And I'm happy to be here, man. It's good to, good to see you, good to talk to you, man. How yeah, you we're getting the gang back together as we uh, head head straight into another uh, regular season. It seems like we were just uh, recording a podcast together after Game 6 at Nassau Coliseum. That doesn't seem like too long ago, and uh, I'm sure we'll... Uh, you know, get Neil Best back on the podcast uh, when we can. Neil's doing a lot of football right now. But um, as I said. You say, know what I was thinking, Andrew? Yeah. Like, this is going to be an interesting year. Like, it's it's going to be like a real year again. But it's going to be a long season, man. Because, like, the 2019-20 season got cut short, right? So that was, uh, I think the Rangers played 70 games. Yeah, the Island, Islanders played 68 games. And then, of course, last yeah. season was 56. 56. So. so we got, like, a full 82-game season plus, you know, uh, Olympics and stuff. It's 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 a long <laughs> we got a long year coming, man. Yeah, I know. And and the and the playoffs can run. What did I see? Was the last date on the Stanley Cup final could be as late as what was it like June thirtieth or something like that. I know the, the the draft and free agency aren't really until mid July, first week of July. Uh, what was it like uh, the seventh and the eighth for the NHL draft? Usually that's right. around June twenty fourth or so. And then free agency is going to be July 13th. And, uh, you know, usually that's July 1st. So by the time we get all that sorted out, it's going to be 
you know, mid-July, and by the time Lou Lamarillo announces what he does next <laughs> off-season, we're going to be right back into training camp again. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, did, that, did they ever announce the Parisi signing? Did he just show up? Is he on a PTO or something? Or did they actually announce that he signed a contract? Uh, sort of, yes. They acknowledged he had a one-year deal, although I'll be honest, if, if Zach didn't, like, if Mike Russo of the athletic didn't catch up to Zach in Minnesota and Zach spilled the beans. I said, Oh yeah, I'm going to the Islanders. I've already got their gear. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how we would have handled this. So, Oh boy. Yeah. So no, Zach Parisi is signed and they also acknowledge that Zeno is Dano Chara is in on a, a one year deal as well. So, uh, uh, anyway, so no, we're, <laughs> we're looking forward to this season because, because it's always great to see hockey, and it's always, you know, it's we're gonna see a lot of it, man. I'm yeah. telling you, we're gonna be like, there's gonna, we're gonna get to some place in January. It's gonna be like, oh man. But then we got, <laughs> we we essentially have February off, you know, I know, I know. with, with the Olympic break. Fun, so, and look, I'll tell you what, if there's one month you tell me you don't have to travel, February is a good month not to travel because I would say. 75% of the travel problems you run into are probably in, in January and February. So. Yeah. I'm, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to miss Winnipeg in February, getting them in early March. So, you know, or, or Neil Best is getting, uh, or Neil Best might be getting them. Yes. Yeah. Neil wants to go to Winnipeg. He's never been there. It's one of those, uh, cross it off the list kind of things for him. So and, and I've explained it to him. I said, I know this is on your bucket list, but really, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to go to Winnipeg. <laughs> One of my favorite Winnipeg stories, like the last time I went to Winnipeg, uh, I, I rolled up, and it was actually quite warm. It was, you know, whatever whatever Celsius degrees it was, it was, I think it was 9 degrees Celsius or so, whatever it was. So it was some kind of nice day. It was Snow was starting to melt. It was great. The cab driver that was taking me in from the airport was like, you should have been here yesterday when it was minus 40. <laughs> I was like, no thanks. <laughs> you know, those Canadian temperatures always screw me up. You know, like, cause minus 40 sounds like, you know, instant death, right? But, but it really isn't. Anyway, as I said, Colin and I, now that we've destroyed Canadian weather and Winnipeg are going to, uh, <laughs> We're going to try and destroy the Metropolitan Division and pick it apart team by team and let you know why every single one of these eight Metropolitan Division teams absolutely cannot finish in first place. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start out with the Islanders, since this is the Island Ice Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. And uh, my brief scouting report on this is that Look, I, I've been saying this. This is a Stanley Cup or bust season for the Islanders, and the way they've looked through training camp uh, does not dissuade me from that. Uh, Barry Trotz has been very methodical with the way he's starting to work uh, his veterans in. Um, you know you're going to have a top line of Matthew Barzell with Anders Lee, a healthy Anders Lee, and Kyle Palmieri to start. You've got your Brock Nelson line. Uh, with Josh Bailey and Anthony Beauvillier back together. Uh, J.G. Pajot will be there, um, and he'll be with Zach Parisi. And then the question is, who's on right wing? And 
you know, I would have to stay, say, even though Barry Trotz is saying Oliver Wallstrom hasn't had the best training camp and maybe Kiefer Bellows has looked a little good, I would still say that Oliver Wallstrom is probably still the favorite to be there. Then you've got, you know, the world's greatest fourth line with Casey Sezikis between Matt Martin. If he's healthy and Cal Clutterbuck and, and if, if, if Matty Martin is not healthy to start the season, then Barry can pick between, you know, Leo Komarov or Ross Johnson or, or Richard Panic, who, who's come in and, and really shown that he can add something to this team. He's got a little bit of, uh, Leo Komarov's grit and he's, also got a little bit of higher end skill. Um, defensively, you know, the pairs are going to be Ryan Pulak, Adam Pellick, just switch them the other way. And then it, Barry's been playing Dano Chara with, uh, Noah Dobson. You figure Andy Green and Scott Mayfield are probably the other pair. And then, uh, Eric Gustafson in on a PTO has four assists and three Three uh, preseason games looks like he might get that seventh spot over uh, uh, um, Thomas Hickey. Sebastian Ajo has been praised for having a really good camp. We'll see whether the Islanders keep uh, uh, 13 forwards and eight defensemen or 14 and seven. I I think, as I said on the last episode, uh, this 13-game road trip to start, or at least the, the six games to start, might influence them whether they keep 13 and 8 or 14 or 7 the the big question mark really besides when Matt Martin's going to be back and and he's skating with the group and it it does seem like if he doesn't start the season he should be available uh fairly soon after the start of the season the big question really is when is Semyon Varlamov going to be available yeah. he, he he's not when pra- is that going to happen well he's not practiced with the team and uh the other day, Barry, you know, really for the first time articulated the fact that uh, it, it's looking doubtful that he, he'll be ready for the for the season opener. Um, he's not going to play. Uh, he's probably definitely not going to play at all in the preseason. He hasn't begun skating with his teammates, although he has begun skating on his own. Um, but, you know, Barry says he's not worried because he got Ilya Sorokin here, and, and Sorokin's going to carry the load to start the season. And we, we've seen Sorokin do that uh, through the playoffs. Um, you know, early, you know, uh, Varley got games two and three against the Penguins, and then Barry switched back to Sorokin uh, to regain the momentum in that series before going back to Varlamov for good against the uh, Bruins. But... Uh, very confident that Sorokin can can uh, carry the load here. But really, uh, you know, if there's an Achilles heel here, you know, injuries are always an Achilles heel, not to be punny about it. But if Semyon Varlamov really, if this nagging soreness, whatever it is, does really linger into the season, then that, that may be something that really slows the Islanders' march here. Um, but honestly, you know, uh, looking at the Islanders and looking at the other teams, I, I would say based on the way Lou's constructed this lineup, and you know, Lou better be right about this because he's made the Islanders into, if not the oldest team in the NHL, yeah. probably, you know, one of the the two or three oldest teams. You bring in Zach Parisi at 37 and Dano yeah. Chara at 44. 
Uh, this is a win now, win right now proposition for this team. So Lou better be right, um, you know, given that it's a Stanley Cup or bust uh, season here. You, you are uh, you are right there. Um, I, I, they have to be the oldest team in the league. They were they were the oldest team in the league last year, weren't they? At some point. Um, and you, you know, you have a 44 year old guy and a 37 year old guy that join your team. Um, but you know, I mean, that said. I, you know, I, I don't see any signs necessarily of them slowing down, although the, the uh, Varlamov injury is, is something that, uh, you know, will bear watching. You know, you, 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 you learn over time, Andrew, uh, you and I both know this, to be um, skeptical of teams when they try and downplay injuries because they almost always do. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah. And, and so when, when they tell you they have no concern about Varlamov, uh, it, it has to be, you know, believe it when you see it kind of thing. So that, that'll be the, that'll be the thing. And, uh, I, I do think Sorokin, you know, from what we saw last season and from what we saw in the playoffs, you know, uh, is is ready and 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 will be willing to or not willing, but uh, will be able to uh, handle a load if he has to. So um, so that's a good thing. But uh, but you know, when you're counting on two guys and you only have one of them, that's uh, that is something to worry about. Yeah, and Corey Schneider, the Devils' former one netminder, who's really you know his career. Uh, you know, being a number one goalie was really derailed by hip injuries and a series of injuries. And he's mainly been an AHL goalie. Um, although last season he was on the Islanders taxi squad and, but he never got, uh, he never logged a minute last season. So it's been a while since Corey has had regular NHL time. I don't know that he's going to get regular NHL time, even with Varlamov, uh, you know, injured if if Varley's not ready to start the season. But at some point, you figure uh, Trotz might have to throw Corey in there for an NHL game uh, if if Varley is really out longer term. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess, you know, as much respect as I have for Corey Schneider, having covered him with the Devils, as good a person as he is, and how everyone is rooting for him to uh, kind of get his career back on track. It's kind of a, you, you got to show me you can do it because uh, it, it's really been up and down for Corey in the NHL uh, since he started suffering those injuries. Now he, he shut out the, uh, the flyers the other night, three, nothing made 24 saves. And uh, Barry was pretty blunt after the game saying that he really needed to see that out of Corey uh, because his first couple of appearances weren't up to the standards that he was expecting. So, uh, right. you know, uh, a little blunt. But, I, again, like I said, uh, taking all that into account, I, I see the Islanders as the favorite in this division. I think given the fact that they've been to back-to-back NHL Final Fours, you have to consider them the favorite. I tried getting uh, Casey Sezikis and Kyle Palmieri to acknowledge, or I asked them whether the team sees themselves as the favorites in this division. And, how'd, that uh, go? how'd that work out for you? Yeah, them being the uh, well-schooled veterans that they are, I believe they laughed in my face about that question. <laughs> so Anyway, that was the Islanders. Let's turn it over to Colin to hear a little bit about the Rangers uh, as it relates to the Islanders and the Metropolitan. Well, so, um, you know, we, we mentioned uh, early on um, when we first started talking about the injury that to Ryan Reeves, 
uh, in last night's preseason game, Wednesday night's preseason game. Uh, I don't know yet the extent of that and, 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 um, you know, if he's going to be out for, for an extended period or, or not, uh, that would certainly be a factor in, in, uh, in their roster because he was, he was brought in for a specific reason to add some toughness and some grit to this team. That was the, that was the offseason mantra. They needed to add grit, grit and toughness. And they did that. You know, they, 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 uh, traded for your old friend, Barkley Goudreau, whom, you know, who, uh, we, we know very well from, from the playoffs last, last season um uh and uh you know they're expecting that he's gonna do some wonderful things for them not only in terms of adding grit but also in in being a guy that's won a ring or in his case two rings in a row and adding that to the locker room because you know that that can go a long way so you know they're their overall uh, prognosis, I would think, is that, you know, that this is, for them, it's not Stanley Cup bust like it is with the Islanders, but it's definitely playoffs or bust. Um, you know, as as people know, I mean, it's, it's very famous now in February of 2018, they, you know, the, the management came up, you know, put out a letter and sent it to the season ticket holder saying it was time for the team to rebuild. Um, and I think, you know, they, they earned a tremendous amount of goodwill from Ranger fans with that, because I think, a lot of Ranger fans kind of felt the same way, or at least they understood it. They understood the logic of it. Um, but, you know, rebuild is hard. Uh, and it's been three plus years now. And I think, um, everybody's gotten impatient, but, uh, and, and so everybody's, everybody's, uh, hoping and assuming and demanding that this be the year that, that they make the playoffs after, you know, not being there since 2017. They did make the, the NHL bubble in 2020. Um, but, Technically, that's not considered playoffs. You know, that was postseason, and since they lost in the round of 24, um, they didn't actually – they're not considered to have made the playoffs. So, they, you know, officially they haven't made the playoffs since 2017, uh, and they certainly expect to to get there uh, this year. Um, issues with them, there they bring back – actually, their, their team is not – like the Islanders, they haven't made uh, many changes. Uh, they've made maybe a few more than the Islanders have, but they're – you know, they did trade their first line right wing, uh, Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, he was a guy that he was essentially a salary cap casualty and they traded him to St. Louis because he was in line for a new contract. And, you know, while they could have afforded him this year, uh, they have big contracts that they're going to have to sign next year. Adam Fox is up next year. Mika's advantage adds contract. It, it, I'm not, not up next year, but, uh, but they're, they're, Mika Zvanjad and Adam Fox are in the last year of their contracts this year. So they're both going to need new contracts for next year. Um, and so that was going to be a problem if you re-signed Buchnevich to, you know, a market value, um, for him. And so they traded him to St. Louis and they got back, uh, a guy, Sammy Blay, um, who's going to play left wing on their fourth line. So you trade your first line right wing for a fourth line left winger and a draft pick. Uh, but it, but it actually works in the grand scheme of what they were trying to do, which was to add grit, um, sacrifice some of their skill and talent and, and add some grit. So it actually works in the master plan. And by Buchnevich being traded, it opens up some minutes in the top six for, uh, Alexi Lafreniere, uh, and Capo Caco, who are their, um, 2020 number one overall and 2019 number two overall draft picks and, and both of those guys are ready to play. So I think, you know, their team is, is trending in the right direction. Um, so, you know, outside of losing Buchnevich, um, 
you know, out of their top six. Uh, their team looks pretty similar to what it was last year. They still have uh, Igor Shesterkin as their number one goalie. They still have uh, Alexander Georgiev as their number two goalie. Their top four defensemen from last year return, um, Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller. Um, they, they signed, uh, Patrick Nemeth, uh, as a free agent to be their, you know, the anchor on their third pair. And they're bringing in, uh, their 2018 first round draft pick, their third of three first round draft picks that year, Niels Lundqvist. In all likelihood, he still has to officially win the job, but, but he seems to be in the lead. Um, uh, he was the Swedish Hockey League's, um, Boye Sami award winner, which is defenseman of the year. So, um, so he's got a pretty, pretty, uh, uh, good resume that, uh, you know, you know, if he lives up to that, um, uh, I think that'll, that'll help them as well. So all, uh, all systems should go. I think, uh, they're in a much better, they're, it's the best team that they've had since the letter. So, um, you know, I think they should be, they should be there, you know, barring injury. And again, they lost Ryan, they may have lost Ryan Reeves. Um, you know, in last night's preseason game, and we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see about that. But, uh, if, if they stay healthy, I think, uh, I think they have enough to finally get to the postseason. You know, to me, uh, just looking at the Rangers wrapping, putting a bow on the Rangers preview, it's, yeah, they got grittier and tougher and they, they bolstered their bottom six and they, they brought in the Ryan Reeves and the Tenorties and, you know, all these guys that are going to, you know, uh, toughen them up. That's, to me, that's not going to be the story of the season. It's going to be whether the young players like Cheadle and, and Kako and Lafreniere and, uh, Niels Lundquist, or however you pronounce the guy that's not <laughs> Henrik Lundquist, uh, the young defense, it's, it's going to be how the young players develop this season is, is really going to be, uh, you know, that, that balance point as to whether the Rangers are a playoff team or not. Well, yes, but I, I think the assumption is that Kako's ready to take that next step. You know, I mean, he came over here uh, his first year as a number two pick. He was 18 years old, coming from a foreign country across the across the ocean, no family, staying with a host family, um, and uh, you know, having played a full season in Finland. I mean, he had played, uh, you know, played in the men's league over there. He had played in the World Juniors. He had played in the World Championships. Won gold in both of those. He had had, he had played a lot, a lot of hockey and then he came over. Um, it was kind of a whirlwind for him. I mean, he, he was, uh, he had to really work hard on learning, uh, on improving his English. Uh, from what I understand, you know, at World Juniors, it wasn't very good. By the time the draft came around, it was passable. Um, so he had a lot of stuff to adjust to off the ice, you know, of course, the smaller rink and all that. Um, and, you know, it was a hard, Hard thing for him. I mean, I, I was stunned by the fact that the Rangers didn't just go out and sign a veteran Finnish guy to kind of show him around, uh, and, um, you know, kind of, kind of help his transition. They didn't do that. Um, he was kind of alone in that locker room. Um, but anyway, he, he got through that year, uh, he scored, I don't know, 10, 11 goals, something like that. If, you know, it was, it was more than 10. I think it might have been 11. He had some injuries up and down. Um, he was a bad, bad Midas. Uh, you know, he had to learn how to play in his own end of the ice. Second, second year, he cleaned up his Midas. He was a plus player. Um, he was really good on the, on that end. Didn't score as many goals as, as, uh, probably, you know, people might have expected, but he was a much better, uh, player, two-way player. And now third year, 
Um, he comes back, he looks, you know, he's, he's gained some weight. Um, and so far in preseason, he's been good. So I think the expectation is that he's, he is going to break out this year. Um, Alexi Lafreniere is, you know, was considered a generational player, you know, first pick overall in 2020. Um, you know, rookie year was tough. No, no real training camp to speak of. No preseason, certainly. He got off to a very, very slow start. One goal in his first 15 games. Ended up with 11 goals in 56. So, uh, he was coming on toward the end there. Uh, and, you know, this is a kid with lots of personality, lots of confidence. And I don't think anyone has any doubt that he's going to, um, you know, have a big year in his second year. And plus, again, remember, you know, with the trade, as I mentioned earlier, with the trade of Buchnevich, that opens up ice time in the top six for both of those guys, essentially. Um, and Kako now will be playing, you know, at least at the start of the season, will be playing on that line with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. So he should have plenty of opportunities to score some goals there. Uh, Lafreniere will be playing on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. So he should have plenty of opportunity to score as well. So, I think that the feeling is that those guys are going to take the next step, if you will, um, as you suggest. And then, you know, Phil Pietel, you know, we'll see. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, he's, he's just 22, just turned 22, but I think he's entering his fourth year in the league. Um, and, you know, there's been one thing after another with him, this injury, that injury. Last year he was off to a flying start, broke his hand. Then he got COVID. Um so we'll see if he can make it through a season, uh, healthy, you know, what he can do, um, in a, in a number three center role, or if he ends up being a chip that they can move somewhere for a bigger name, you know, like, you know, we were thinking in the summer when, when they were hot after Jack Eichel that, you know, maybe a, a, a Heedle or a Vitaly Kraftsoff or somebody like that might be going the other way. So, you know, it's not, it's not off the table that they could move one or two of these guys to go get some veteran help. So I, I think. I think they're fairly convinced that most of the development work for their younger stars has been done and they're all ready to break out. And so now the question is, you know, um, will the goal to, you know, Igor Shesterkin's been hurt in both of his, his previous years. Um, and, you know, if the goaltending holds up and if the veterans can do what they're supposed to do, you know, they should get where they need to get. And, and of course, Gerard Gallant takes over for David Quinn. Right. And, right. Another team with a first-year coach as we delve into the other six teams in the division, uh, just going alphabetically, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets, Brad Larson takes over for John Tortorella. Um, I don't know that the Blue Jackets are going to do much better this season than they did last season when they finished eighth in, uh, well, they were in the Central Division last year. But uh, they do have Patrick Lane, um, and they – do have Jack uh, Roslovic, who they acquired both of them from the uh, the Winnipeg Jets prior to last season for Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, it, it remains to be seen whether Roslovic is a uh, a top line center. Um, and of course, you know the Blue Jackets are a team that's coming off the uh, the, the off season trauma of that that tragic uh, you know just the way. Young goalie Matisse Kivlenix, uh, was killed in a fireworks accident. Uh, just, just, you know, Zach Wierenski is a legit, you know, top pair defenseman, but it's, it's a very young, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's a very young team, um, that probably does not have much more talent than it did last season. So, uh, 
you know, uh, John Tortorella couldn't coax much out of him last season. I don't know how much more Brad Larson's getting out of him this season. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't expect much out of Columbus. Um, you know, I mean, just for all those reasons you mentioned. I mean, like the loss of Seth Jones is it's not just what he gives you on the ice, but it's what it says about you know who wants to be there. And, and do guys want to be in Columbus and, and play for them? And, and, you know, are they on the right track? Can they attract, you know, like you, you look at, uh, you know, New Jersey, you know, to sign Dougie Hamilton, which was a surprise, I think, to most of us, you know, that's that's a spot where you've never expected free agents to want to go. Um, and Dougie Hamilton went there. Well, you know, who's going to Columbus? You know, yeah. who has a choice? So, well, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, JD's going to Columbus. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, he likes it. I think people, when they get there, they like it. It's a nice livable city. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a great apartment complex right across the street from the arena that, that players stay at. Yeah, no, everyone who goes to Columbus, or I shouldn't say everyone, Artemi Panarin, Artemi Panarin was not the biggest Columbus fan. And, and uh, Seth Jones. Seth Jones wanted to leave too. So, yeah, you know. yeah. So, but yeah, Jade, uh, John Davidson, who uh, goes back to Columbus after being ousted uh, by the Rangers as president, um, you know, he's got his hands full uh, trying to uh, get that franchise back to uh, where he wants it to be. I, I think they're looking at, you know, probably the same thing the Rangers were looking at, you, you know, two, three seasons of really having to build this back up again. Right. And, you know, the, the thing about just to touch back on the Rangers, that the, the Rangers had a had a, a clear sort of plan, they, they had a plan of attack. And the, they were going to get, you know, they built the, they acquired draft picks and prospects. They built up from the defense out. Um, and, and, and you can see in the last thing that they wanted to add was was the grit um, to on top, you know, to add in with the talents. And so there is a blueprint there that, that the Rangers followed. And we'll see if uh, Columbus with, with uh, John Davidson as, as their president um, follows a similar uh, path. All right. Let's move on to the Washington Capitals. Peter LaViolette, uh, that yeah. NHL veteran who started his coaching career way, way, way back, <laughs> long time ago with the Islanders, one of the coaches the Islanders should not have fired. Uh, that yeah, was, that's, that's ancient history. Peter LaViolette. I let go of him a little too soon, Andrew. I a little say. bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's his second season for LaViolette in Washington and he got Alex Ovechkin. Um, so that's a great place to start. You, you start with John Carlson on the defense. Uh, that's good. Um, you, you gotta figure that they're, they're going to be a playoff contender again. But I guess that the, the question I have with the Capitals is sort of like, you know, the old Boston Celtics, you know, like how many seasons do you stick with Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale? And, right. uh, and Larry Bird before everyone gets old all at once. And, uh, that's right. And, and I, you know, bringing back, uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov and Nicholas Backstrom and, and TJ Oshie, you know, Carl Haglund's still there. Uh, the defense is largely the same. Uh, the, the, the big, you know, subtraction. And when I say big, it's a big subtraction. Dano Charles leaves after one season, comes to the Islanders. Uh, Ilya Samsonov, you know, should be a better goalie second year around as the starter. Uh, Vitek Vanacek as, as the, the backup again. But again, I, my, my question is how long is too long 
sticking with this same core group for Washington. Yeah, uh, you know that's that is a that's the question absolutely. And wasn't Kuznetsov wasn't he the one that they had all kinds of problems with and disciplinary reasons yeah, and things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, you you know, I'm I'm surprised that that he's back. You know, I I don't know you know how hard they tried to move move him and and whether that was not possible or what. But uh, yeah, no, they. You know, as long as Alex Ovechkin is is getting older, uh, is getting a little long in a tooth, and yet he is still productive, he's still scoring goals at a at a at a phenomenal rate. So, all right, okay, you got that. Um, but where's their youth? You know, where's their young stud that uh, you know that everybody can can get excited about the way you know you you got excited about a, a Matthew Barzal when he 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 broke in, and he's still a young guy, by the way. Where's that kid? You know, where's that kid on their roster? I don't, I don't, I don't see him. So you're right. I mean, that is the concern that you have. And then the other concern I have, quite frankly, is, is their goaltending good enough? Right. You know, I mean, yeah, sure. They'll, 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 they'll win their share of games in the regular season. Uh, but do you trust those goalies and that defense to get you through a long playoff run? So I, you know, I have my questions about them. Well, and, and also we, I, I guess, if you mention the Capitals, you got to mention Tom Wilson and, you know. I was trying not to do that. <laughs> yes, well, Tom Wilson is still there too. We'll see how many still times, there. we'll see how many times he gets suspended this season. And, uh, yeah, the, the over-under is probably two on that, I would think. Although the NHL. Uh, you know, I think he's probably going to be on his best behavior this season. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard that so many times and then he tries. <laughs> anyway, you know, I mean. And then, and then the NHL invariably goes light on him anyway. Yeah. So, so it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, speaking of a team with the young players, they almost the exact opposite of the Washington Capitals is the New Jersey Devils, the uh, third right. team in the metropolitan area. And you have to think second season under Lindy Ruff, um, Jack Hughes continues to uh, to mature. Uh, Nico Hishier, their young captain, uh, continues to, in, to improve. Like you said, they, they make a splash. They bring in Dougie Hamilton from the, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, uh, who, uh, spoiler, I, I had very high up on my Norris Trophy, uh, ballot. Um, had a wonderful season with the Hurricanes. Um, a former first round pick, Michael McLeod, looks like he's finally gotten it and, and, and can contribute regularly at the NHL level, even if it's in a bottom six role. Um, they, they've got Ty, defenseman Ty Smith. He's only 21. Uh, Jesper Boquist is still only 22. Uh, Igor Sharangovich, who can score. I mean, he's a scorer. He's, he's- he, and he's 23, he, so he's not old either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nico Hishier is still old, only 22. It seems like he's been with the Devils for a long, long time now. And, uh, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood is the number one goalie, and he's a really young guy. Um, so, yeah, this, so you, as you mentioned, Mackenzie Blackwood, I, I think there's, there's where I, you know, that's where I see an issue, right? Because right now he is a uh, – Something of a distraction, I think, because of his, uh, you know, we have to put this out there. I mean, his vaccination status, he's, he's, uh, as, as, uh, as we know, the Islanders are fully vaccinated and, and, you know, as, as Lou Lamarow said that they would be, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is one of the players on the Devils, um, 
who was not vaccinated, and uh, and that you know that could be an issue. I mean, you know, you, 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 as of right now, if you're if you're not vaccinated, you can't go to Canada. Right. So, uh, you know, I mean, I talked to this, actually, we just, uh, the Rangers just played the Devils, uh, Wednesday night. So, I mean, I talked to a couple of people with the Devils and, and most people seem to believe that, uh, Blackwood will get vaccinated by the time they go to Canada for the first time, which is in early December. So, um, yeah, I suppose if that happens, then, then all will be well. But, but if it doesn't, then until it does, you know, it's something of a distraction. I wonder if that's going to work against them. I, I I agree with you. I, when when I think of COVID distractions, Mackenzie Blackwood is not on the level of a Kyrie Irving in terms of no 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 certainly not no no. But no, to your point, it's well taken. You, you don't want to have to worry about your whether your number one goalie is going to be available uh, at, at times or not. So uh, you know everyone has their own reasons, and and I'm I'm sure. You know, he's expressed those to the, the organization and, and the team. But yeah, you're right. It is a distraction when your number one goalie is the outlier in, in the organization re- regarding the vaccination. Um, one other issue for the Devils as well is, like I said, or as Colin mentioned, they bring in Dougie Hamilton and that gives them, you know, a fairly representative, decent top six. Uh, yeah. the defense, cause they also bring in Ryan Graves from Colorado, a former Rangers prospect long time ago, uh, who's kind of fashioned a pretty decent NHL career. So the top six amongst the Devils defense, uh, Graves, Hamilton, uh, Damon Severson, if healthy, I know he got dinged up the other day, uh, Smith, who's 21, uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, who is, you know, he's functional. You know, he gets the job done and, uh, and you still got PK, PK Subban, you know, uh, for another year. Um, that's, that's an okay top six. You, you can, you can play games in the NHL with that top six. There is no defense depth in this organization. And, and, you know, if Damon Severson isn't ready to start the season or if any of these guys, you figure at some point, maybe PK Subban. Uh, gets dinged up a little bit. Um, that that could be a real issue. Uh, is is who's your seventh def- defenseman? Never mind eight and nine in this organization. Now listen, they've had they've had two number one overall picks uh, in the last I don't know five six years I guess. Yeah. Uh, in Nico and uh, and Jack Hughes, but rebuilds take a long time, right? So uh, they're you know I think they bottomed out. They bottomed out maybe two seasons ago. Uh, they're on the up. But, you know, on the up, are they there yet? Are they a playoff team yet or, or no, not? No. I, 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 see, I, don't, I don't see them as a playoff team. I do see them as an up-and-coming team. I think they're going to uh, give people fits. Yeah. But I don't know that they're going to be in the top, uh, you know, the top eight in the East. No, I, I, I see them. I see them actually as well ahead of where the Columbus Blue Jackets are, but I, I, yeah. don't, I don't see them as a playoff team. You know, I, I could see them as a playoff contender possibly next season, but I, I still I still think we're looking at least a season out for the Devils. Um, and uh, because I did this alphabetically, now we go to potentially I think the most intriguing team in this division. Um the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, uh, yeah. Elaine Vigneault going into his third season. 
And there was some there was some question after their their flame out last season whether AV would come back for a third season. Because yeah, I mean uh, they was. they they blew that they blew that stuff up <laughs> after last season. Uh, they retooled their defense. Um, Ryan Ellis in from Nashville. Uh, Rasmus Ritzelainen in from the Sabres. Keith yeah. Yandel in from wherever Keith Yandel wound up at the end of last season. Yeah. I think it was Boston, right? I, I forget where Keith was. I forget. He's moved around so much in the last few years, uh, it's hard to keep track. And then, you know, so it's not necessarily upgrading the talent. I, I know – they wanted to upgrade the chemistry in the in the in the dressing room, and that's and that's specifically why they wanted a guy like Keith Yandel, um, it's sort of like the uh, the the Washington Capitals. You're rolling with some of the the same old same old up front. You know, uh, James Van Riemsdyk, Claude Giroux is still there, still captain. Uh, Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny. It's a very intriguing team. This team could be very good if they get the goaltending, which is not a given at all, or if they don't get the goaltending and their defense falls apart again. This could be a spectacular train wreck, and AV could be gone by Christmas. Yeah, so so the, the thing that makes them fascinating is, to me anyway, um, last year – it was just a weird year for everybody, right? So you can't, yes, they, you know, they flamed out last year, but last year was last year. Last year was a COVID year. Last year was 56 games in the, in the, in the, uh, you know, um, divisional play only. Um, last year, the Flyers were shut down for what, two weeks or whatever, because they had so many guys who had COVID. And, you know, I, you know, I have to tell you that, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that, that I have not had COVID, but I know people who have. Yeah. Right? I've spoken to people who have. And it's no joke, man. Like, people who, you know, normal, everyday people who have jobs where they, you know, go work in an office or whatever, tell yeah. me that, uh, you know, they're not the same after they have it for a long time, you know, and get to a point where you're well enough to go to work. You're not deathly ill anymore. But you're not the same physically. And yeah. so I think, you know, when you're talking about professional athletes, yeah, okay, you, you, know, you get COVID and you get over the sickness and, you know, you sit out your two weeks and you come back. It doesn't mean that you're back. You know, I mean, I, you know, I can look at Mika Zibanejad on the Rangers. He had COVID um, and missed all of the 10-day training camp that the Rangers had, and, you know, and started started the season with one half of a practice. And he really wasn't himself for probably half the season. You know, and, and he ended up, you know, having a great second half and, and, uh, you know, had saved the season and his numbers ended up roughly where they should be. But it took him a half a season to get there. So if you look at a team like the Flyers who were shut down because so many guys had COVID, you know, yeah, they, they came back a couple weeks later and they were able to play games, but they could not have been, you yeah. know, themselves. No. And so I, I'm inclined to give them a pass. Now, you mentioned the goaltending. Um, that that's a real legit issue because you know everybody was jumped on the bandwagon with Carter Hart being the next great thing, and you know I I you know full disclosure I'm not one of those people I you know I, I wanted to see more I, I'm a wait and see guy and and um, he had, he, and had he, did a, play, he did not play well last year no so, and and bringing in Martin Jones as your backup is yeah no I, that, 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 that 
that, that's that's a lot of risk and maybe not a lot of reward there. Yeah, and, I don't know how much that helps. And, and also, it should be noted, Kevin Hayes is gonna you know maybe miss up to uh you know two months here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. So it's it, it's kind of. I, one signing that the Flyers did make I like is fourth-line center Nate Thompson. I, I think that's a sneaky good move on, on their part. Um, but, again, uh, this this could go either really well or really, really badly in, in Philly. Yeah. And, and, and you yeah, know that. what? You know what? It'll it'll be funny to us either way. So, uh, <laughs> uh, next up, the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, yeah, that's another intriguing team, I think. Yeah, and, and again, let's, you know, Rod Brindamore has proven as he goes into his fourth season to really be one of the NHL's, you know, bright coaches. Um, and, and he's had the Hurricanes consistently, uh, strong and playoff contenders. And, you know, three, was it Barry Trotz's first year? They sweep out the Islanders in the second round, but they really haven't, you know, gotten past there. And they're, let's, let's start. Well, we could start with their goaltending um, because they revamped that, and uh, you bring in Frederick Anderson and Anthony yeah. Ranta, and that's yeah. boy, you talk about the Flyers' question marks. I, I, Anderson and Ranta, look, I, Anderson and Ranta are better than Carter Hart and and uh, Martin, Martin Jones. Jones, right? And they're better than whoever the Penguins have. Yes, but... Which we'll get to eventually. But Anderson and Ranta are not the most consistent duo. More more so for Ranta because of health. You, you, you know, you don't know whether you can get more than 25 games out of anti-Ranta. You know, so uh, that that's a question. And then, of course, losing uh, Dougie Hamilton to the Devils is, is a big, big divot in, in the Hurricanes' defense. But... They bring in Tony D'Angelo, and, and all is good. Nothing to worry all about. Well. All is well. Listen, I, I will say this about Tony D'Angelo, having covered him with the Rangers for, for a, number, a couple of years. Um, the man can skate, and the man can – the man can uh, – can, he's got amazing vision. He's got a great passing uh, touch. Uh, he can run your power play. He will put up points. So he will, he'll, he'll replace that part of what Dougie Hampton gave you. What he can't do very well is handle business in his own end. But he's, he's, uh, he's a one-way guy. Um, and, you know, it doesn't mean he doesn't try. It doesn't, you know, he's, he's undersized. He's like 5'11 and, uh, you know, he's, you know, and he's, he's got some, some bite to him. He's a little nasty. He's a little chippy talk stuff. And, uh, you know, he does the best he can back there, but he's not, he's not a solid two way guy. He's pretty much a one way guy. So he'll replace what, what, you know, Dougie Hamilton may have produced offensively. I don't know that he's going to replace the, the defensive production of Hamilton. So it's, it's a downgrade, but he's, he's a bargain for them because, you know, the Rangers bought him out. And so the, the, the Hurricanes were able to get him at a bargain, you know, bargain basement discount uh, rate. Um, you know, and, I, and as you, you mentioned early on in this, uh, that, you know, uh, their coach is pretty good. You know, Rob, you know, Rob Brindamore has, has proven himself. You know, he was, he was a hot commodity last year. You know, remember last summer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, you know, his contract was up and everybody was sort of, you know, waiting and he might have been a free agent coach. And, you know, he, he could have had options to go places. You know, he's really good. Um, 
So I, I don't really, you know, I, I believe that the Hurricanes will be good. Somehow, some way, they'll be yeah. good. Yeah, no, I, I, I would think they get into the playoffs. I, I, I do. Yeah. Sure. And, and, and one thing that's interesting, uh, another ex-Ranger going over to Carolina is Derek Steppen, uh, who has, you know, his career has kind of, you know, gone in a downward trend, some injuries, didn't have a good time in Ottawa last season. Um, but you're not asking much of Derek anymore. You're not asking much of Steph. He's going to be a fourth line center. And, yeah. and I, I, I do think Steph is better than a fourth line center in this league. So, you know, uh, that, that, that could work out well for them. And I think they brought in Brendan Smith too, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yes, yes they did. So, again, another another bargain basement sort of veteran free agent. Did a nice job with the Rangers in the last couple of years as a seventh defenseman and stepping up into actually he became the sixth defenseman when uh, when D'Angelo got um, waived. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but he did a nice job. And you know, if you if you need a, a guy to be a sixth or a seventh, I think uh, you know he's a good. He's a good candidate to do that. He's not costing them a lot of money. So, you know, and they'll, they'll find a way to make it work. Uh, you know, they, you know, they, they, remember they got, uh, yes, very cut in Montreal and that, uh, what, that, that yeah. wacky sort of. Yeah. You know, a, a little tinkling war between the Canadians <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the hurricane. That was interesting. And now, now let's another very intriguing team. It seems like all the intriguing teams in this division are from Pennsylvania, but the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, and my God, Mike, wow. Sull- Mike Sullivan already into his seventh season. And nice. I- I'll be honest, when, when Sully when Sully got hired in Pittsburgh, I, I didn't know whether he was going to last two seasons, and I-, I was completely wrong about that. Sully has turned into a, a really solid head coach in the NHL. But he's going to have to do some really good coaching this season because a, yeah, he's got a lot of work to do. You, you start out with Crosby and Malkin not being ready to start the season. Crosby will be back a little bit sooner, um, you know, maybe maybe early November. But Malkin might not be back until December. Um, yeah. So that that's a big hole. That leaves Jeff Carter as your top line center, and that that's an issue. As good as Jeff Carter can be when he's in the proper role, um, we got to start in net, don't we? <laughs> because. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I'm, I'm, was I laughing? Yeah. Colin, uh, a couple of hundred words on going the battle with Tristan Jari <laughs> again. Uh, listen, Andrew, you're my man. You're my main man. You know how I feel about Golden. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do this without it. Yeah. And right now, um, I have no faith in whoever the Penguins dress at goaltender right now. I have no faith in them. Yeah. Listen, if that if, if Tristan Jari has done something magical over the summer and transformed himself, then you know, then he'll then we'll see it. But as of right now, I'm I'm sorry, I don't I don't have a lot of faith in him. No, and and, and not much more in Casey DeSmith as as no. <laughs> Although DeSmith, I think probably. Certainly had a little bit better numbers than Jari did. Even. Yeah, I mean, you know, but, but, but he was better than Jari. But they think Jari uh, has the higher ceiling, so they want him to be the number one there. And look, 
Jerry is, like you said, he's going to have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to get over that, that, that loss to the Islanders last season because a lot of that was, was completely on him. Uh, yeah. So. And it's not just he has to get over it. The, the, the teammates. In front of him has to, has to kind of forgive him for that, if you will, and regain trust in him. And, and, uh, you know, I'm surprised. And, and, you know, I suppose you shouldn't be surprised necessarily, um, given what salary cap situations are and such. But I, I'm a little surprised that they didn't, the Penguins didn't go out and try and upgrade that position and go get somebody because there were lots of goaltenders out there. Yeah. And yeah. they could have made a move to get somebody, um, and, and, and didn't. Look, they, you know, sometimes a guy does, you know, sometimes a guy, you know, just has to leave just because of the way it ended. And it, you know, it's not maybe, you know, you think, all right, he could still be a good player. Um, but he, you know, but he can't be a good player here, you know, and that's, that's the, that's what I would have done if I were Pittsburgh management. I would have said, you know what, Chris, Tristan Jari could turn out to be a Hall of Fame goaltender, but it's probably not going to happen in Pittsburgh. And I would, I would have looked to have moved on. So I'm a little surprised that they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are some nice pieces. You know, some, some guys who can play like that. It's a, it's a good third line that maybe should be a fourth line of Zach Aston Reese, Teddy Bluger, and Brock McGinn. Um, Brian Boyle's gonna try and, uh, you know, get his NHL career going again after not playing last season. He'll be a fourth line center. Um, you know, Jake Gensel is a really nice player, a much nicer player when Sidney Crosby is centering his line. Uh, the same goes for Brian Rust. Um, you know, Chris Letang still has moments. Brian Dumoulin is a, is a very good defenseman. Mike, it's like what you said with Washington. Like, they're old now. Yes. Where's the, where's the, where's the 21-year-old guy that, that uh, you know, broke into the league last year and showed you some flashes and you think he's ready to break out? You know, they don't have that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's uh, – and especially, you know, with Malkin and Crosby, they, they, you know, these are the guys they've hung, they're committed to these two guys being the guys for them. And Sid, when, when healthy is still, he's still Sid, right? Malkin's dealt with a ton of injuries and you wonder when that really, when he really takes that, you know, he's on the other side of the, uh, the, the hill type thing. And I, I just feel like when, when you're counting on Sid and, and Malkin at this point, this is what you're going to be dealing with. You're going, there's always going to be another injury right around the corner with these two. I, I don't know how, how much you can, can rely on them to be there in, in the playoffs for you. So, so as we've deconstructed that, that is, we've gone through all eight teams in the Metropolitan Division. Who, who do you see as, as the, you know, the, the three guaranteed playoff teams in this division at this point? Uh, so I would say Islanders, Washington, and Carolina. Ultimately, I think the Rangers are going to make the playoffs. Whether they're in the three uh, and one of those other, you know, whether Carolina is a, a wild card or whether Carolina is in there and the Rangers are a wild card, I think the Rangers will get in. But, you know, in terms of the – the three best teams in the division, I, I would say Islanders, Washington, and, and Carolina for now. I, I would agree completely with you. And, and 
you know, to double down from what I, I saw is said at the beginning, the Islanders, the Islanders are the class of this division. I, yeah. I, I think you have to look at it no that question. way. No question. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, get Casey Suzekas to tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were, they were yucking it up. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so I, I'll go with the Islanders, Caps, and Hurricanes as the three guaranteed playoff teams as well. I'm not, I'm not convinced that the, well, whatever they're calling it now, was it the Atlantic Division, the, uh, the, uh, the other division in this conference? Look, if you tell me five playoff teams are coming out of the other division, I'm not, I, I might not fight you on that. You know, I, I think there could be five playoff teams out of the other division. Well, so you have Boston, you have Tampa, Florida, and I think Boston, right? Yeah. You know, Montreal was in the NHL Final Four last season, too. I know they used... Yeah, but I mean, they were a surprise team. They were the last team into the playoffs. Yeah, you got... Did we mention Toronto? I mean, I think... No, we don't need to mention Toronto. I think Toronto's definitely a playoff team. Uh, they got we, Josh Hosang! I'm tired of Toronto. Their goaltending's never good enough. and Just their defense stinks. I don't want to talk about Toronto. All right, I'm just saying you, you put the two Florida teams in, and you've yes. got you got Boston and Tampa. I think are givens as well. So that's four right away, and you know. And then who else? Again, I, I think Montreal could could sneak in. Gary Price is injured, right? Like he's going to miss some time at the start of the season. How much time is he going to miss? They had a nice playoff run. They got all the way to the finals. You know, good for them. I believe it when I see it. And here's the other thing. They, they got to the finals. They made, they were the last team into the playoffs and they made it into the playoffs out of the weakest division. Okay. No, I understand. I mean, and, and again, we, we can, I'll speak for you here. The Sabres and Red Wings are not making the playoffs. Stop. Stop. Right. And yeah. Ottawa either. Right. Ottawa So the, those three are out. All right. So, but here's the other thing. You know what, you know what's interesting to you, Andrew? And I was thinking about this morning. Um, it looks like the Jack Eichel. Uh, yeah, there's some movement there. Is back is back on, right? Like now, uh, you know, from all reports are that Buffalo is willing to, you know, let people see uh, his medical reports and stuff, and so that that could be in play as well. So you know, if if Eichel can get traded, um, I don't think that's going to be enough to put Buffalo into the playoffs. But but what it might do is if Eichel goes to one of these teams, let's say he goes to Boston or the Rangers or you know, somebody like that, you know, does, does he tip the balance somewhere? You know what I mean? Like, does he, does he pull a Kucherov? Yeah. And miss the season and come in and, and, uh, you know, play the playoffs and tip the balance for, for that team. So, you know, that's, that's a factor that people got to keep in the back of their minds might be out there. All right. Well, look, if, uh, if the Metropolitan does get a fourth team in and cause I don't think the Metropolitan's going to get five teams in. Um, if the Metropolitan gets a four team in, I, I will take the Rangers for that spot over the Flyers because I, I just think there are too many, too many things can go wrong for the Flyers at this point. Here's a good rule of thumb. Um, goaltending. You know, I mean, like the Rangers have pretty solid goaltending. They have a, a very good number one goaltender and, you know, a reasonable backup. And I don't know that the Flyers have that at this particular point. Yeah. All right, uh, wanna, wanna wrap this up, but real quickly in 30 seconds or less, 
any thoughts on the rest of the NHL and, and who you see in June raising the uh, Stanley Cup? You know, the rest of the NHL, I'm trying to watch these games, these preseason games when they come on the NHL network and it's, it's hard, but, um, you know, I'm sticking with my, my Colorado Avalanche, man. I mean, that's who I had last year and uh, I don't know what happened. They, they didn't get there. They got knocked off by, uh, you know, uh, you know, who was it? Montreal? No, they got, they lost to Vegas, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, but I think Vegas, I don't know if Vegas is the same. You know, they've got Robin Leonard in goal. They don't have uh, Marc-Andre Fleury anymore. Uh, uh, so I think, you know, Colorado, I, I have to stay with them. I mean, I, I think uh, this this should be the year for them. That's my that's my pick, uh, you know, out uh, out in the rest of the world, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Uh, you know, and I could very easily see a, a Colorado Islanders Stanley Cup final. Coming up here. Devon Taves, baby! Yeah, well, uh, wishing Devon, uh, some good health out there. I know he's, uh, you know, had some injury issues yeah. again. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, probably right now, I, I would say Colorado and the Islanders uh, are probably two best teams in, in this league. Tampa Bay lost a, a bunch of people. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't sleep on that. Uh, I'm, t- I'm tired of Tampa Bay, and this this is not <laughs> just no 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 team is going to win in a salary in a salary cap world. No team is going to win three straight Stanley Cups unless Nikita Kucherov is in, on LTIR for the entire season <laughs> and they're able to bring in Jack Eichel. Well, you know what? You know what? They'll, so they'll they'll make a trade. They'll get Eichel, and they'll have him on LTIR for the whole season. He'll oh. be there for the playoffs. Oh, you know, jeez. Past him. That is, yeah, that might be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> if I had like a, a sleeper team, like a, a sneaky good team, that yeah, let's hear it. I, right. I think the Minnesota Wild are going to be really, really, really good this season. Yeah, you know what? They got a lot of pieces in place. They got uh, they got soft back. Their goalie's really good. I like them. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, you know I like that. That's, that's cool. That's I'm down with that. All right. So there you have it, Colin and I locking in the Islanders as the Metropolitan Division champs. And uh, with that, we're going to wrap up Island Ice Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. I want to thank my friend. Colin Stevenson for hopping aboard once again and adding some life to this uh, podcast uh, episode. Thank you so much, Colin. Listen, thank you for having me. I have so much fun when, when we do this. Uh, you know, it's just it's just uh, an hour full of laughs. So uh, let's let's do it. Uh, let's do it again soon. And you should hear the thirty minutes we were we we don't record before we hit record. <laughs> As I as I told Colin all about my alarm clock issues and and but anyway so but anyway but anyway yeah. look if you want to uh, read anything uh, Colin or I write please go to newsday.com backslash sports uh, just look for the team logos you can also find all the back episodes of the Island Ice podcast you can also find Island Ice wherever fine podcasts are available. And until the next episode, oh, and by the way, Colin Stevenson on Twitter is Colin S. Newsday, and I am A. Gross Newsday on Twitter. And with that, I will just say happy hockey, everybody.